It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People will ask me, well, how are the Sabres going? Are they going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, Paul Hamilton here on the West Her Hotline. And Paul's appearances, as always, are brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Planning for your future is about more than just money. Let Equitable be your guide. And by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Paul on the West Her Hotline. Um, Paul, I want to address something. I want to ask you and tie it into hockey here, okay? So let me just Mm -hmm. go first. So we had this guy call in earlier, and there's a video going around about Josh Allen getting a game ball in the locker room. And it's made it's viral on social media because he didn't do much in the game. And James Cook had this great game. But people are like, how would you give the ball to Josh Allen? And as I explained to the caller, well, Josh broke an NFL record. He had, the, he had as of last week, the most games in one season ever with a rushing and passing touchdown in the same game. He had 10. He broke Kyler Murray's record. So he gets a game ball. But we also don't know if James Cook got a game ball. So someone tweeted at me, Frederick. Thank you, Frederick. How does Sal not know who got the game ball? Isn't that something you would need to find out? Well, the answer is they don't release that information unless we see it on video or they tell us. And there's a lot of other things that are going into my job that I'm not finding that out after the game. But, you know, hey, maybe we'll find out, Frederick. I appreciate it. But that's why. So my question to you, Paul, is um, hockey, game pucks, things like that. What do we – generally it's for a a milestone, right? They don't normally do something just for a great game. It's just a a milestone, a first goal – uh, breaking a record, things like that. How does that work in hockey? The Sabres have a Sabre sword when they win, and the players decide That's right. who the player of the game is, and they get the That's Sabre right. sword. Um, interesting, the other day when Cousins had three points, he was not one of the three stars in the game in Vegas, but uh, his teammates felt he was the player of the game, and he wound up hmm. with the Sabre sword. I didn't disagree with that. I mean, Levi, I think, was the number one star of the game. The stars of the game weren't wrong i mean i think eichel was three levi was one middle step maybe was two i don't remember and he had three points also but um I, I i agreed with his teammates i thought cousins was very good in that game and as you said more than one person get game balls in football and you know that's all nice and everything but is it that big of a deal that you have to like make calls and get sources to find out who got the game balls? <laughs> no, I, apparently, apparently, I mean, it's on top of our duties, and that's fine. Like, I do think in this situation, because of the awkwardness of people putting it out there, oh, look, Josh got the game ball, maybe someone can ask about it, but it's not that important to me because sometimes, Paul, honestly, like, there's eight, ten people who get game balls. In fact, I'll tell you, last year, when the Jets beat the Bills in a game last year, I believe, I think this is right, Robert Sala gave everyone in the organization a game ball for beating the Buffalo Bills. Think about that for a second. Well, I've seen that before. I've seen it here in Buffalo over the years. Uh, I've seen that before. And Josh Allen did, in that game, get some important first downs running the football. He also scored a touchdown running the football. And he also, when he was throwing the football, the Cowboys got a pretty good pass rush on him. And he, every time, did the right thing. Whether it was getting rid of the football or what it was, he didn't get himself in bad situations where he got sacked or through the interception. Uh, made, I thought, very good decisions even when he did have guys in his face. So, you know, yeah, he didn't have 300 yards passing, but I thought he had a nice game. What happens? Uh, do they keep the saber sword? Is it the same sword and they just give it back? Like, how does one. that work? Yeah, no, it's the same one. Okay. So the, the, like, 
Dylan Cousins got last time, so next time they win, he will present it to the player of the game, whoever that person is. All right, well, just to put a bow on it, Frederick, um, it's just something we don't get told every week. It's not public. We see maybe or hear about it, and then this thing, whole thing went viral, and someone was mad, but that's why, when you ask like why I wouldn't know, because none of us do. We don't really know unless someone tells us, but we could find out, so thanks for uh, asking that. Paul, Sabres against the Blue Jackets tonight. Um, let's start here. Who's starting in gold? We know that. Uh, Devin Levi is down in the uh, to my left, which is the starter's net, so he will be in goal. Plus, he had his own goal in practice yesterday. So it seems like they're pretty comfortable into the two-man rotation now. It seems like that's what we're going to see here. Same thing the Boston Bruins do with Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. They play every other game. So, uh, and, you know, I thought Lukanen played very well in Arizona when he was in the net. He didn't do too well when he was behind the net. But when he was in the net, I thought he did extremely well, especially, you know, it took the Sabres about 12, 13, 14 minutes to get going in that game, and he made three great saves. One was a breakaway right off the bat. It might have been the first shift. Uh, And he made some great saves to keep that game at 0-0 until the Sabres could find their legs, and then the Sabres found their legs, played very well, but they couldn't score. And that was the difference in that game. So I think we're down to looking at a two-man rotation now. And, Paul, the big news for tonight is the return of Jack Quinn. Don Granato confirmed it first here on WGR with Jeremy in the morning. He said, yeah, we've been saving it to put on the show. I know he's kind of half-joking there, but um, we got that news this morning from Don Granato directly here on WGR. Jack Quinn inserted into the lineup. Jacob Bryson goes on waivers. But let's start with Jack Quinn and what his impact can be in this lineup. Well, it is an Achilles injury, and... You can equate it a little bit to Trey White. He wasn't himself when he came back from an Achilles, and I wouldn't expect Quinn to come right back and be himself. It might be next year until he's himself, uh, but, you know, that's not going to affect his shot. He has an elite shot. Um, He really was coming on last year, I thought, um, you know, at the end of the year, and so, you know, I, I still think he's going to be very useful. Yesterday, Don Granato was talking about, you know, how smart he is, and I 1,000% agree. He is a very intelligent hockey player and a very good penalty killer, a very intelligent hockey player. And, uh, you know, so uh, definitely I, I think, you know, he's going to be useful for them. But I just don't want fans to get, well, he doesn't, he's not what he used to be. And I, I almost would expect that. This is the type of injury where that can happen. And, you know, he's been practicing hard. He's been taking contact for more than a couple of weeks now. You know, he's ready to come back. I just don't want expectations to be huge. And uh, right now he's on a line with Tyson Jost and Olafson. Tuck is back with Thompson and Benson. Tuck didn't practice yesterday. They assume he's going to be able to play today, but Granato wanted to get him through the morning skate and then talk to him, talk to doctors just to make sure that he's not going to make himself worse by playing but Granado did talk about you know the Christmas break comes where they can't practice or play right after the Ranger game Saturday and then you don't see them again till the 27th so he goes that's going to be a good time off for him where he can just rest the injury and try to get healthy so it's even though Tuck is out there it's not guaranteed that he's going to be in the lineup but uh, you know they'll talk to him about it. Granado made a, a good point about <clears throat> the ripple effect in the lineup and how well Cousins and Paterka played with Quinn last year. 
Do you think that maybe this could be something that could get those guys? Well, I guess Cousins going. Paterka doesn't need to get going. He's been really good this year. But Cousins still needs to. And Cousins had a, a he's had a nice uh, little bounce back here, I guess. But, you know, what can this do for Dylan Cousins getting Jack Quinn back with him? Oh, definitely. And I, anticipate, I, I think this is the right thing to do with Jack Quinn. I wouldn't just pop him right back into the top six when he hasn't played all year. So I think this is the right thing for him to do, to just get into the lineup get on a line, and then once he gets going a little bit, uh, you know, pop, put him into the top six however you want to do it right now would probably be what you what you just talked about. Instead of Casey Middlestat playing with Cousins and Paterka, then Quinn would take over and play on that line, and Casey Middlestat would have to go to another line. Um, for Except for the one game in Vegas, Casey Middlestat has struggled a lot lately. What other than numbers, could have gone into the decision of Jacob Bryson being the odd man out? Or is that just a simple numbers game and he's just the last guy there? It is. He's only played three games this year. They they don't play him, and Ryan Johnson has moved past him in the depth chart. So they've got yep. 7D that have passed him. He is now the number eight defenseman, and they needed a roster spot to Quinn. They didn't necessarily need it today. Um, you know, I didn't see Murray in the line rushes. I'm up top here talking to you. Quite honestly, I don't even know if he's on the ice. I can't tell because they don't have numbers on. They just have jerseys on. So I, I, a quick look down there, I don't see him. But that doesn't mean anything. As I said, I'm up top here, and, and he could be down there. So, But I, I do know when I was taking down the line rushes, he wasn't part of that. So, uh, But that's why. I mean, he's just not playing. He didn't have a great year last year, you know, and – you know, it's it was just a numbers game, and as I said, he's number eight in the depth chart now. How does this work with him? He'll clear if he clears waivers, he, he can go back to Rochester, right? Yeah, yep. If he clears, he goes back to Rochester. If he doesn't, um, he goes to that team. And if that team were to try to send him to the minors, the Sabers could reclaim him, and then they could send him down to the minors for free. They wouldn't have to rewave him, and uh, you know, r- risk losing him again. So. He would come back to the Sabres, and they would be free to send him down to Rochester without losing him. You mentioned Ryan Johnson. Um, early returns are good on his, his game, huh? I mean, he's not a really young rookie, right? He has some more experience than most rookies. But, um, you know, first time playing in the NHL, he seems to be pretty well equipped. Yeah. You know, he played four years in Minnesota, which really helped him. But he's only, you know, he came in as a 21-year-old and really impressed. I mean, I thought, and I think the Sabres thought, that he was going to need a little bit of uh, development down in Rochester, but he impressed from the word go here and played really, really well and played well in training camp and then went to Rochester and played well down there, and he came up here and basically has forced his way into the lineup. Uh, (coughs) Hasn't been quite as good recently, but it's been good. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying he's been bad by any means. I mean, he had a... An unfortunate play. I mean, two unfortunate goals in Arizona. It doesn't matter if you don't score any. But, I mean, he fanned on a shot, and it gave Arizona a breakaway, and that was their second goal. So it was really, you know, Lucan and fans on a pass, and it winds up into an empty net. And then, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson fanned on a shot. But he had also had an opportunity earlier in that game to get his first NHL goal as he broke free, making it a three-on-two, coming open down the slot. Uh, but uh, the, the goaltender uh, made the save on him. Paul, excuse me, sorry. Obviously, the Sabres in a situation where they need to string together some wins. They need to start stacking wins. You play Blue Jackets tonight, very winnable game here at home. 
and then you got the Leafs, you got the Rangers, you got the Bruins. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough sledding here. But this team has to start stacking some wins, or we could really be, you know, looking at a pretty lost season getting into mid to late January. Yeah, I mean, it's not how many points they're behind right now. If they were in ninth place and five points behind, no big deal at all. The conversation we'd be having would be totally different. And the thing is, is you've got to leapfrog six teams to get there, and that's the problem. Are six teams going to go into the tank for you? It's the exact spot they were in at this time of the year last year, but they were more points behind. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, they were around nine points behind with six teams to leapfrog. And they got by four of them. They tied Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh would have won the tiebreaker. If you want to say they got by by them, that's fine. So they either got by four or five teams, but they couldn't get by the sixth. And it's it's very difficult to leapfrog that many teams. So I think the way you have to look at it is, all right, got to look at the team in front of you. Catch them first. Once you catch them, catch the next team. And, uh, yep. you know, go from there. By the way, I'm just looking at Alex Tuck. He's talking to Don Granado at center ice right now. So they're already having the conversation of how he feels out there in the morning skate. And, of course, Paul will have all that information for you at uh, PHAM1717 on X or Twitter, as I still call it. Paul, before I let you go, uh, the only team the Sabres are looking down at in the standings, the Ottawa Senators, they made a coaching change yesterday. Pretty disappointing season in Ottawa. Just your thoughts on you know what's gone wrong there? Yeah, we'll see if they get a lift from that. It seems like when teams make a coaching change, they get a bit of a lift from it. And we'll see if Ottawa gets a lift from it. If they do... All of a sudden, they might wind up past the Buffalo Sabres, and they might be looking at seven teams they have to leapfrog. So, you know, the Sabres have uh, their work cut out for them now, and are they out of it? No. But, uh, you know, they, they could have Ottawa climbing up their backs too. And the team tonight, the Columbus Blue Jackets, aren't that far behind them either. So, uh, you know, they you're right. They have to be, and they, I think, missed a golden opportunity to, to come back from their road trip playing two very difficult teams and another team in Arizona who was right around the playoffs in the Western Conference, they had a huge opportunity to come back 2-1-0 in that road trip. And because they couldn't score goals in a game that they did play well in, they wound up 1-2, and and they just can't have that right now. All right, and by the way, these two teams, the only two teams in the entire Eastern Conference that have already played 32 games. Everyone else has played less games. They played the most, the Sabres and the Blue Jackets, and they play their 33rd games against each other tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop, 6 o'clock pregame, at PHAM1717 on Twitter and at WGR550.com. Paul, we will try to catch up before the end of the week, so I'll wait to say Merry Christmas to you then, but have a great week until we talk again. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right, thanks a lot. Paul Hamilton right there on the Western Hotline. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here, and then we'll get to the top of the hour. We'll take a couple calls, and then it's John Scott from Spectrum News 1 at 11 o'clock.